I suppose another point of application in the morning sermon could have been uh, the church needs to be resolved uh, to sing the gospel, not only to have it preached, but to to sing the gospel. And I am thankful that we we do sing the gospel here at Emmaus, uh, that song being a case in point. We will be looking at Baptist Catechism 106 this afternoon. Uh, Remember, we are considering the means of grace. There are four ordinary and external means of grace that have been identified by our catechism. Uh, They are baptism, the Lord's Supper, the Word read and preached before that, and now we have come to focus our attention upon uh, prayer. And the question that is asked here in Baptism 106, Baptist Catechism 106 is, What rule hath God given for our direction in prayer? Maybe stated a little bit differently. How do we know how to pray? What, what is the model? What is the, uh, what is the guide? What is the standard uh, for prayer? And the answer that is given is wonderful. The whole Word of God is of use to direct us in prayer. But the special rule of direction is that prayer which Christ taught His disciples, commonly called the Lord's Prayer. We will read now from Philippians 1, verses 3-11. through 11. Hear now the reading of God's Holy Word. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, says the Apostle, for you all, making my, making my prayer with joy, because of your partnership in the Gospel, from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about you, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. This now the reading of God's holy word. May He bless the teaching of it this afternoon. I've chosen to read that Philippians 1, 3-11 text uh, for two reasons. First of all, we will be uh, reciting the Lord's Prayer itself together in this message in just a moment. Uh, but here in Philippians 1, 3-11, we hear how the Apostle Paul prayed for the church in Philippi and for all churches. And uh, you will notice that the first answer that is given to the question, what rule has God given for our direction in prayer, is that the whole Word of God is of use to direct us in prayer. So, we may learn how to pray from the whole Bible. Uh, There are prayers uh, actually recorded for us in the Scriptures. And here is one of them in Philippians 1, 3-11. Paul tells the Philippian church how he prayed for them. And so we may learn how to pray from reading the prayers of the Apostle Paul, for example. But even more than that, we learn how to pray from the whole Word of God because the whole Word of God informs us of what we need to know if we are to pray rightly. The whole Word of God tells us about who God is. The whole Word of God tells us about God's will or His purposes. The whole Word of God tells us about how God is accomplishing our salvation, and on and on and I I can go. If we are to pray well as God's people, we need to know all of these things. If we are to come to God and pray to Him as Father in Heaven, we had better know what that means. 
that God is our Father in heaven. So the whole Word of God directs us in our prayer. Do you wish to pray? Well, then you need to be a student of Holy Scripture. You need to learn more and more about who God is, what He has determined to do in this world, how He has determined uh, to do it, and, and, and how it is that we are related to Him and used by Him in all of these things. It is only then that we will begin to pray in a way that is truly pleasing to the Lord. So the whole Word of God is of use to direct us in prayer. The Scriptures are filled with examples of prayers. The Scriptures teach us about God, His will, His plans and purposes. The Scriptures teach us about ourselves. But the special rule of direction is that prayer which Christ taught His disciples, commonly called the Lord's Prayer. Rule of direction here in our catechism means pattern or procedure. So how do we know how to pray? Well, we need to study the Scriptures, but we need to pay special attention to how Christ taught us to pray. He gave us a special rule of direction in prayer. You know the story. It should be very familiar to you. At one point, the disciples of Jesus came up to Him and said, Lord, teach us how to pray. This shows that we do not necessarily know how to pray well naturally. Even the disciples of Jesus came to him and said, Teach us how to pray. How should we go about prayer? How should we pray in a way that is really pleasing to the Lord? And what did the Lord do except give a rule of direction? He gave them a pattern or a procedure to follow. And this is a good opportunity for me to say to you quite explicitly that the Lord's Prayer is not meant to merely be recited from memory. Mindlessly, of course not. It is not meant to be recited from memory. Certainly it is not meant to be recited mindlessly as if it functioned like a a, a magical incantation or something, that if we would just say it, the Lord will bless us. No, the Lord's Prayer, though you should memorize it, and though it is not wrong to recite it, it is meant to function as a rule. It is meant to function as a, a pattern or a procedure for us to follow. The disciples of Christ came to him saying, teach us to pray, and and he taught him to pray. He taught them to pray by giving them uh, this wonderful uh, pattern. Christ taught this prayer to his disciples, and this prayer is commonly called the Lord's Prayer. Do you want to know why our catechism uh, makes that little remark about it commonly being called the Lord's Prayer? The Scriptures don't call it the Lord's Prayer. We do. It's a, it's a tradition to call it the Lord's Prayer. And we should probably be careful with this tradition because this prayer was not a prayer that Christ Himself prayed. It's not the Lord's Prayer in that sense. But it's a prayer that He taught us to pray. Can anyone think of why it's important to make that distinction? You can answer me, actually. I'll actually pause. Why is it important to make this distinction? This is not a prayer that Christ Himself prayed. It is a prayer that He taught His disciples to pray. Why is that distinction important? Yes. (laughs) Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Christ could not pray that. Christ could not pray that. But He did teach His disciples to pray that way because we do, in fact, have sin to confess and to turn from. Christ taught His disciples how to pray, saying, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. 
And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then there is that ending that is placed with the Lord's Prayer. For yours is the kingdom and the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So the Lord's Prayer consists of a preface or introduction. There is a traditional conclusion or ending. And then there are six petitions. It may be divided into these six petitions. And this prayer that Christ has taught His disciples, which is called the Lord's Prayer, is meant to be a pattern to us. In other words, each one of these elements of the Lord's Prayer is meant to bring certain things to our minds. And I think you guys are getting the hang of this here at Emmaus. You know, some time ago when we started to have corporate prayer services, we decided to structure our corporate prayer service according to the, to the petitions of the Lord's Prayer. And it should be clear to all that each one of these petitions is to bring certain kinds of things to mind. When we come before God and call Him Father in heaven and pray that His name be hallowed, that should bring a whole class of things to, to, to our minds. We are reminded of God's love for us, that He has set His fatherly care upon us, that He has adopted us as His own. It should produce within us warm feelings pertaining to God's love and our love for Him. It should bring comfort and encouragement to our hearts. It should bring encouragement to us to come boldly into prayer before Him, knowing that He is our Father in heaven and He cares for us as His children. When we pray that His name be hallowed, we're, we're to pray that God be glorified. It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful opportunity to, for us to give thanks to God. We're to pray with thanksgiving. And indeed, all of these petitions can include thanksgiving, but there's a wonderful opportunity to give thanks to God underneath this first petition. Hallowed be your name. Be praised, O God. And we can enter into prayer with gratefulness in our hearts, with gratitude in our hearts, and give God thanks. When we pray, Your kingdom come, we are praying for the advancement of God's kingdom on earth. So, I hope you've been paying attention to what has been taught concerning God's kingdom. Do you see how the whole Word of God can help us to pray well? Your kingdom come. What are we to pray for under this petition? Well, we can pray, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Bring the kingdom here in that consummate sense, yes. But we could also pray for the furtherance of Christ's kingdom, that the gospel would go forth, that churches would be planted to the ends of the earth, etc., etc. We can pray for the flourishing of existing churches, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Here we are praying that God's will be accomplished, not ours, but God's, and that we would obey the Lord. For God has revealed His will to us. He has given us His law. So help us to obey You, O Lord. In every realm of life, help us to live in obedience to You. When we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we are praying that God would give us what we need to live, a competent portion of the good things of this life, along with the ability to enjoy God's blessings with them. And then... When we pray for forgiveness, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. We are invited to come and to confess our sins to the Lord, yes. To ask Him to forgive us, we are also reminded and prompted to forgive those who have sinned against us. And then the prayer to lead us not into temptation, but to, to deliver us from evil, reminds us of the, the warfare that exists all around us. That there are two kingdoms, a kingdom of darkness and a kingdom of light, that Satan, though bound, does still prowl around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. I think you understand uh, the principle here. This prayer that Christ has taught His disciples, it is a model prayer. We are to pray according to these petitions, understanding what they signify. It is not that we are to just recite them, but we are to expand greatly upon them. And I do think this will be a wonderful help to you in your private prayer time, just as it has been a help to us 
in corporate prayer. You know, I'd ask you to do something later today or later this week. And that is to take the time to write down the Lord's Prayer, to be sure that you have it memorized. Write it down. Write down the preface and the petitions. Write down the conclusion as well. Write it down. And maybe write it down with spaces in between each line so that then you can go back and begin to make bullet points of all of the different things that you could possibly pray for under each petition. I think it will be a great help to you. And I would ask you to force yourself to, to write as many things down as possible under each one of those petitions. Maybe you'd be there forever and ever if, if, if you really did that. But you understand what I'm saying. Force yourself to really think about what, what each of these petitions signifies. What are all of the things that you could pray for? And I will not do it here with you now because that would be um, a very long time that we would, we would uh, be together. But just think of the petition, Your Kingdom Come. You can pray for so many things under that petition. You could pray that the gospel would go forth from this church. You could pray for those that you know that don't yet know Christ, that they would be brought to salvation, family members and friends and co-workers. You can pray for them by name that God would draw them to salvation. Uh, you, you could pray uh, for the flourishing of this church, that God would add to its number, that God would bless those who minister the word in this place, that God would bless elders and deacons and every member, that every member would use the gifts that they have for the building up of the body of Christ. Are you, are you with me here? There's so many things to pray for. You could pray for the same sorts of things for other like-minded congregations that you're aware of. You can pray for churches in our association. You have a prayer list, by the way, uh, prayer, prayer letters that are written by them. So you could pray for the pastors of those churches by, by name and for the needs that you're aware of in those congregations. You see how this all fits under the heading, Thy Kingdom Come? You're praying for the flourishing and, and the advancement of Christ's kingdom. What about the persecuted church that you're aware of in other parts of the world? Or of, what about missionaries that you're aware of too? You can pray for them under this petition as well. You're beginning to get the idea. We need to be thoughtful, brothers and sisters. We need to have the Lord's Prayer memorized, but we need to understand what each petition means, and it will greatly help us in our prayer time. All of a sudden, we won't find ourselves so distracted because we have a guide. It, this will help to focus our minds and to keep our minds on track. Also, we will not find ourselves uh, coming before the Lord in prayer going, I don't know what to pray for. For each one of these petitions will prompt us to remember certain things. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. This is how we are to come before our Father in heaven. We are to come before Him in prayer, praying for these things. For Christ has taught us to pray in this way. Let's bow together now for a brief word of prayer, and then we will go to corporate prayer using the Lord's Prayer as our guide. Our Father in heaven, do help us to pray well individually and as a congregation. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would help us to set aside specific time for prayer. Help us also to pray continuously, moment by moment, as things come to our minds, but do especially help us to go into that quiet place, that secret place, and to pray as you have taught us to pray. And then move us to pray corporately too. Bless our prayer times, O Lord, that we would pray according to this prayer, that we would pray according to your will, that we would give you all glory, honor, and praise. Lord, help us to pray with thankfulness in our hearts. 
Move us along even now. In Christ's name, amen.